so good to see all of you here today. I, uh, last Sunday, we started a new series called Created for More, and uh, Pastor Steve Bang Lee, I have to say all four words, um, told us that we were created for more than just uh, to live this life for ourselves, but we were uh, created to be connected with Christ, and he told the story of Mary and Martha, how Mary sat at the feet of Jesus and listened to his voice, um, and whether it be uh, by reading the Word of God or praying or uh, by lifting up praise uh, music to him, that we would be in connection with Christ through worship. Uh, but I want to say something that seems a little bit sacrilegious, and forgive me if I butcher this theology, but I believe I believe that we are created for more than just worship. And this sounds awful, okay? That we could be sitting at the feet of Jesus and in intimacy with him, but we are created for more than that. And it is my goal this morning to convince those of you who are Christians already, and if you're not yet a Christian, that you have the potential for this, that if you are here today as a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ, I, my goal today is to remind you of something that you may have forgotten. And you may have forgotten uh, this about you because perhaps you're just too busy with life trying to raise your kids and driving them around to all sorts of activities. Uh, it just, there's just not enough time to think about this. Perhaps you've forgotten about this because you've been hurt when you've tried to do this and live this out in your life. Or perhaps you've forgotten about this uh, partially because, uh, you know, to be honest, you're a little bit selfish. But my goal today is to remind you, to tell you that you were created for more than the life that you are living uh, for yourself. And it has everything to do with the role of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is, in, uh, is at work in your life, uh, the life of the believer. Three things. The first two I'm going to uh, rush by fairly quickly, and it's the third that I'm going to spend a lot of time in. The Holy Spirit works for us. The Holy Spirit works in us. Uh, and the Holy Spirit works through us. Uh, let's begin with the Holy Spirit uh, working for us. The Holy Spirit works for us. Um, he works in such a way that uh, allows us to become a new person. In short, the Holy Spirit works toward salvation. This is perhaps the most important of his work and let me rush through a bunch of verses, and you can just look on the screen. Uh, you don't have to turn to any one of them. John chapter 3, verses uh, 6 and 7, uh, that, that you must be born of the Spirit, um, and that you must be born again. Titus 3, 5, that um, according to His mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Regeneration kind of means having a rebirth. The Holy Spirit causes us to be born again or regenerated, remade. In 1 Corinthians 12, 13, another word for this is baptism. For in one spirit we are all 
baptized into one body so that we, we become one with Christ and one with other believers. 1 Corinthians 1.22, who has put a seal on us and given us uh, his spirit as a guarantee, though we are not yet perfect, we, are not, we still live flawed lives, that the Holy Spirit acts as a seal, a guarantee, a deposit. And in Ephesians 4.30, um, the Holy Spirit whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So that the moment we become a Christian, the Holy Spirit begins His work uh, to save us and, and to uh, uh, cause us to be born again. Uh, the second thing that He does is He works in us. And, and that means that the Holy Spirit... Once he comes inside of us, he begins to do a, a work to change us, make us a different person. And, and, and the theological word for this is sanctification. Uh, in Romans 8, 9, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, this is so important that once a, a person becomes a Christian, somehow um, the third person of the Trinity uh, God in spirit somehow comes and dwells, lives, makes this permanent dwelling in us, Romans 8, 9 says. And in Ephesians five eighteen, though, this is an imperative. He tells us to be filled with the Spirit. God, uh, the Holy Spirit is in us, but we need to be filled with the Spirit. First uh, Peter chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 says, In the sanctification of the Spirit, we are changed uh, by the Spirit. Galatians 5, 16 and 17, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. And so once the Holy Spirit comes inside of us, the Holy Spirit uh, causes us to change. He causes us to, uh, he compels us to want to become more like Jesus Christ. That becomes our natural bias as a Christian. There was a song uh, that we used to sing when we were in college. It was uh, more of a children's song, but nevertheless, this was a a catchy tune. And for those of you who've been uh, in the church for over a decade, you might remember this song. It starts, He's Changing Me. Do you remember? He's Changing Me. My precious, no, I'm not going to sing. My precious Savior, I'm not the same person that I used to be. Well, it's been slow going, but there's a knowing that someday perfect I will be. One, two, three, four. If you remember the song, right? Uh, Those of you who are laughing, you've, you've heard it. Little by little, every day, little by little, in every way, Jesus is changing me. He's changing me since I made that turnabout face. I've been growing in his grace. Jesus is changing me. Great song. Great theology. It's the Holy Spirit inside of us who begins this this compelling work to change us inside and out. That he, he's transforming our hearts to be more like the heart of Jesus Christ. He's making us a new person. So salvation, sanctification, but it's the third area that I want to spend uh, the majority of my time. The Holy Spirit works through us, not only for us and not only in us, but through us. He not only wants to save us, he not only wants to sanctify us, but he wants to use us uh, to serve other people people. 
Now, uh, if you haven't turned your Bibles yet, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and this is where we'll be in most of the time uh, this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So the Holy Spirit, which is the third person of the Trinity, the, the God somehow expresses himself as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. And 1 Corinthians 12 is all about God the Spirit. And, and the thing that he gives us, chapter 12, verse 1, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols. However, you were led... Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is a curse. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. He says once the Holy Spirit comes inside of us, that he's the one who can uh, say honestly, truly, from the depth of our hearts, Jesus is Lord. And once the Holy Spirit is in, in us, he it will prevent us from wanting to say Jesus is a curse. It is, it is the Holy Spirit that changes us. But the thesis statement is found in verse 7 in chapter 12. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For each Christian, each follower of Jesus Christ, each believer is given the manifestation and outward working of the Holy Spirit for the common good. Good. Let me break this down into three parts. The first, the Spirit works through uh, every Christian. The Holy Spirit works through every Christian. Uh, verse 4, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in. And the last word in verse 6 is in Everyone, in everyone, the Holy Spirit uh, empowers gifts, different Christians with different gifts. But he says, every single Christian is given a spiritual gift. That means that the, that the Christian who has been a Christian for 20, 30 years, mature, um, and had been in the church serving, that person is given spiritual gifts. But the person who just became a Christian like 30 minutes ago, the moment the Holy Spirit comes inside and then he dwells there and has been given spiritual gifts. The person who's really walking with the Lord, you're having your devotions, you're serving, you're really active too. Uh, and some of you might, uh, might relate to this. You're just barely hanging on to your faith. And in fact, you're almost ashamed to say that you are a Christian. Your lifestyle Monday through Saturday is just horrible. And you think, I have nothing of the Spirit within me. But it says in 1 Corinthians 12 that He has given to you also a gift to the one who has been set apart for vocational ministry those of us who have been on pastoral staff, and, then, and also, as well as those of you who are just so busy with vocation or family, you feel like you have barely any time for any kind of spiritual activity. It says for both of us, we have been given a manifestation, an outward working, a, uh, a way in which the Holy Spirit is working in human activity. 
you have been given the, a gift of the Holy Spirit. Every single person, the moment she had received Jesus Christ as her personal Savior and Lord, has the indwelling presence of the Holy, Holy Spirit, and with the Holy Spirit comes um, a, a gift, a spiritual gift given to you. So listen carefully. No one has all of the spirit. No one has all of the spiritual gifts, but no one has none of the spiritual gifts. No one has none of the spiritual gifts. So if you're sitting here today, well, I'm not good at anything. I'm not a super spiritual, but I'm here to say to you, yeah, you don't have all of the spiritual gifts, but you don't have none of them. You have something within you that God has placed in you saying, I have given this to you as a manifestation of myself for the common good. I can't tell you how important that is. Let me give you, uh, as an extension, the second part of all of this. The Spirit works in a unique way through every Christian. The Spirit works in a unique way through every Christian. Now, if you're not familiar with 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, it's, a, it's a long kind of a, uh, analogy of how we are one body and we have different parts and different parts like a hand and an eye and an and a ear and a nose. Uh, we're trying to figure out what our parts are. Uh, let's look at verse 8. Uh, For to one is given the Spirit, the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by the one spirit to another working of miracles and to another prophecy to another the ability to distinguish between spirits to another various kinds of tongues to another interpretation of tongues all these are empowered by the one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills so the one same spirit is distributing himself, his manifestation differently, uniquely to each Christian. Verse 28, now, and God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, or teachers and miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are they, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret? He's saying, no, 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 no. Which all of us, in a unique way, uh, is an expression of God's Holy Spirit. When God desires to express Himself uh, to the world, so that the world may believe the supernatural, God will give. God will express Himself through an individual who has the gift of perhaps miracles or faith. If God desires to heal someone, perhaps God will use uh, an individual with the gift of healing, and so on. You know, it's interesting. You can have two people completely indwelled by the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, walking in the Holy Spirit, but will express uh, the Holy Spirit in unique and different ways. Now, last Sunday, uh, those, many of you were here for Steve Bang Lee's uh, ordination. Now we have to call him um, Pastor Steve Bang Lee. Right? Pastor Steve Bang. You know, he's the only one who you have to use four words to refer to. I can't call him Pastor Steve because, you know, that's me. <laughs> right? Um, and, 
and we all call him Bang, but that's really not his first or last name. That's just his middle name. I'm not even, I think that's half of his middle name. And so, uh, yeah, so Pastor Steve Bang Lee. And we all, a lot of us who know him think that, yeah, I mean, he's, he's ordained, he's set apart for the gospel. And Pastor Steve Bang Lee has a way, doesn't he, with communication. Um, you know, the way that he preaches, the way that he writes, he can take gospel truth and just express it in such a, a, a catchy, memorable way. I remember when we first uh, started having staff meetings and we used to have uh, life journal devotions together. So we would be in the living room and we would open our life journals and say, okay, 20 minutes to read, 20 minutes to write. And I'm the senior pastor. I've been a pastor for a long time, so I'm trying really hard to, you know, set a good example and, and Steve Bang Lee, Pastor Steve Bang Lee, um, P-S-B-L, um, uh, you know, he's the young guy, but he's in there, and he has a little mini iPad, um, and he's typing, whatever, and, and we, after tw- 20 minutes of writing, we would share what we wrote. I said, okay, you can't talk just out of the blue. You got to read only what you wrote, and we went around, and when Pastor Steve Bang Lee's turn would come around, he would uh, uh, read something like, like I was reading a, cha- like we were reading a chapter out of a book or something. So profound. And it's interesting that God has used uh, Pastor Steve Bang Lee to uh, express uh, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit through uh, communication of the gospel in that way. That, that's the way that God's using him. Now, we have like four ordained uh, pastors um, in our pastoral staff, but but we're all different. Pastor uh, Ben Tabal, for those of you who've gotten to know him, right? Not that he's not a good uh, communicator, but you know what's so unique about Pastor Ben Tabal? You ever see him out in action out there in the main hall or in the patio? Like there's this three feet rule with Pastor Ben Tabal. Like, if you get within three feet of him, next thing you know, you're having a conversation with him. Like, next thing you know, he, he somehow just kind of scoots over. Yeah, and like, somehow you're talking to him. You're not even facing him. And you're just like, I, he can be in the middle of going somewhere. And you, it's like, hey. And then next thing you know, you're, you're like his best friend. And um, I don't know what you think of the ordained pastors here. But Bang, Steve Bang Lee, Pastor Chris Chi, and I, work. All, all three of us are kind of introverts, actually. Uh, you may not realize it, but at the end of the day, no offense to all of you, but we get tired. <laughs> we want to go home and just turn on ESPN, watch SportsCenter. Ben Tabal, he just can keep talking to people. <laughs> I literally asked him, don't you get tired? He goes, no, I just, you know, it's just natural to him. Pastor Chris Chi. Uh, you know, Pastor Christie, um, you know, we love him to death. He, he's on our pastoral staff. And uh, we jokingly call him the adult on the pastoral staff. Uh, we can get into a conversation in our meeting and we can, we can take an idea and go, yeah, karaoke. Yeah, let's do karaoke. You know, let's have like, like um, dried, um, what is it? Um, Squid and, and, and red bean paste and, and whatever else. And, and let's really make this fun. And, um, uh, and, and then, uh, you know, we're going crazy with an idea. And then 
this inevitably happens every time we look over to Pastor Chris to see what Dad would think. <laughs> is, is it okay, Pastor Chris? He says, mm. and, and you know, he has a zeal for the gospel. That he does not want us to make a mockery, a belittle uh, biblical truth, and we so appreciate it. Um, I, I feel like the way that God expresses uh, the gospel through me, I, I feel the least spiritual. Uh, if Pastor uh, uh, Steve Bang Lee is the communicator, Pastor Ben Tabal is the relationship one, and Pastor uh, Chris Chi is the one who really believes in truth, uh, uh, Pastor Steve Chang is the one who believes in Microsoft Excel. <laughs> All right. I, I, I love to see things in columns and rows and the... the, the you know, everything balancing out. Uh, do, I don't know if you realize this, but we have the attendance and the offering numbers from the beginning of our church every single week. Uh, it's on Microsoft, uh, no, no, uh, Google Sheet now. And it, there's a dynamic uh, graph that, that's embedded in there. I, I just, ha- I'll, I'll by Tuesday, if I don't have all the attendance numbers, I, it, I just, I'm just bothered. Like, I need to know. I don't know why I need to know, but it's because we have a, a Google Sheet, and that, there's a blank, and that bothers me. The way that the Holy Spirit uses, expresses himself to me, through me, is this. How are we going to take care of people? How are they going to know unless we're organized, unless we're communicating well? You know, it's fascinating how the Holy Spirit manifests himself through different people in different ways. And it could be different the way that God is using you. And let me give you a third extension of this truth. The Spirit works in a unique way through every Christian to love others. To love others. If you are here today, it is my job that for me to remind you of this truth. That when the Holy Spirit came inside of you, he started this work in you. And that part of that work is this, that to you was given the manifestation of the Holy Holy Spirit for the common good. For the sake of others. At the end of this particular chapter, there's a list of offices like apostles and prophets and teachers, fantastic outward gifts and things. But at the end, in verse 31, Paul says this, but earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a more excellent way. Yeah, yeah, you know, like you could be gifted in a lot of these things, but there's something that's more important, a more excellent way. And you know what that more excellent way is? Um, And you already know, you you don't realize what you know. If you just turn the chapter, we get to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Do you you remember what 1 Corinthians 13 is all about? It's about love. It begins this way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, But have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. 
what, what Paul is saying is this. You, we have been each given the Holy Spirit um, as a manifestation of what he wants to do. But if we take those spiritual gifts, whether it be the ability to communicate eloquently, uh, the ability to relate to people comfortably, or the, uh, the ability to hold on to truth with zeal, or whether to manage excellently. But if we exercise all of those things, not with the desire to love people, but to perhaps exalt ourselves, God says, you're expressing it in a way that's nothing. The moment... If you are a Christian here, the moment you became a Christian, the Holy Spirit came inside of you. And he made you a new person and he began a changed work within you. And Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, um, For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works that no one may boast. These two verses are famous, uh, that that our salvation is not by anything that we've done. But it's verse 10 I want to point to, for we are his workmanship. So the moment we become a Christian, we become his workmanship, a, a, a byproduct of his handiwork, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Do you understand what this means? The transcendent God has, of the universe has reformed you, made you born again, um, and, and recreated your heart that you have a bias now, a propensity to want to love others. That you are now changed so that the Holy Spirit inside of you has given you a supernatural ability and a propensity want to love others. And it could be different in, in unique ways. People are going to come through the doors, and many have today, and I talked about a couple of weeks ago this notion, as if you recall, um, uh, from Luke chapter 15, how the prodigal son had a prodigal son moment realized uh, hey, life has to be more than this, and in my father's house. And so he went back home to his father's house thinking that perhaps he can work as a hired hand to be fed, to be at home again in some way, to be hopefully reconnected to his father, to be hopefully maybe accepted by his older brother. And while he was walking home, it says that the father saw him from afar from his porch, and he saw him had compassion on his younger son who had been lost but now is fine and he ran out to him that today that there are those who have come from afar and saying I need the church that life has to be more than this and they drove up parked and are walking through these strange doors and it said in Luke 15, the father saw him a farmer and, and ran and embraced him. And perhaps the way that God has wired you, gifted you, put something in your heart is this. When strangers are coming back looking for a place to call home, a church to call home, what he's wanting you to do is be at the door, open the door and say, hey, welcome. 
as they were walking through the sanctuary doors, you're, you're handing them uh, pieces of paper with a smile on your face and saying, hey, you belong here. Perhaps um, what God wants to do through you, the way that he wants to express himself through you is this way. That when people at the end of all of this happening on, on, on the, during the service, they'll walk, will walk out and um, they'll go into the patio area where there's coffee and donuts and refreshments there. And I don't know if you realize, and social dynamics uh, dictates that uh, uh, oftentimes coffee serves not simply as a refreshment, but it, it, it's a defense uh, thing that we have, that when we're in a new situation in a crowd and we're not sure uh, if I feel comfortable here, um, instead of looking alone and awkward, I can stand there looking like at least I'm drinking coffee. I'm trying to talk to strangers and I feel vulnerable. Well, I have this coffee to defend me. <laughs> and if there's a lull in my conversation, I'm here drinking my coffee but I'm standing there not in my car yet because I am here saying, I want to connect to someone. To saying, I know I'm brotherless and homeless and I want you to talk to me. But because I'm not sure, I have this cup of coffee in my hand. Do you realize, hospitality team, that's what you're doing? You're not just serving coffee and donut, but you're creating an environment for people to relate to each other. Perhaps you're here uh, today and you're not quite sure if I can be in welcoming or hospitality or anything else, but I want you to know that God has created you for more than what you are doing. If you are a Christian, the Holy Spirit inside of you is crying out, stop stifling me. Stop saying no. Stop being selfish. But your heart wants to give more and you're still not quite sure. But today, today, on January 20th, 2019, you're here today, open, wide open to the Holy Spirit. And you're saying, you know, today, God, what will you have me do? And while you are walking and filled and open to the Holy Spirit, perhaps what God is saying to you is this, make a decision today that will enable you, compel you to continue to give of your heart when you become busy or selfish or hurt later on. And if you don't know, um, about a year ago, Living Hope Community Church, we helped plant a church in La, uh, La Paz, Honduras. Uh, there was nothing, and now there's a church there. We work with a local church there and then Compassion International. And they started, and one of the strategies that they encompass is to have a program for children, um, and they have a child development center, so children would come during the week for teaching, for uh, snacks, for uh, exercise and social uh, development. And they registered 200 kids. And the way they fund it and, and the way they give these children who have to be under poverty line in this poor country is to have sponsors. And we opened up 200 kids who needed sponsorship about a year ago. All 200 were taken. By the time the third finish kind of ended, we were, we were all out, and there was a waiting line, a waiting list. Well, this church continued to grow, and there are 46 more kids now that they were able to register, and they need sponsorship. 
And if you don't have a sponsored child yet, uh, uh, there's, there are pictures and, and, and names of children out there right outside these walls. And I know the majority of you, and I know how you are, you are responsible people. And if you take responsibility of a sponsorship, well, I know what will happen. That you will feel compelled to continue to give every month and you will be compelled to, to write periodically. And when the, that child writes back to you, you can't help but to care and to love. But that's how God has formed your heart. God has saved you and given you the Holy Spirit not simply to be saved from hell, not simply to change, but God has saved you and given you the Holy Spirit so that he may work in and through you to love other people, to give of others. If you're here today and you say, well, you know, that's great, but I'm not a Christian, I would ask you this, that you, that you realize and you consider the fact that, that Jesus loved you and he gave of himself to you when you and I were not worthy. And so would you even today consider that someone so loved you at some point in time, a God, an infinite God who loved you when you were not even seeking? And would you consider that gift that has been given to you? Would you pray with me right now? So Lord Jesus, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your uh, calling. We thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit. May you continue to work in us, in our salvation, in our sanctification, and as you work through our edification, as we serve and give and love others, Lord. And may uh, the men and women in this room, Lord, uh, be uh, more than and what they are now, and that they would realize, that we would realize that we were created for more. We thank you in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen.